am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi family, thank you for tuning in for today's episode. It's going to be an extremely empowering, very special conversation today in this week's episode of Live Your Best Life, of course, with Mila's Right. And in today's conversation, I have joining me, coming back by popular demand, because the first conversation we had, you guys absolutely loved. Um, He is the author of the most amazing book. It's called Be Resilient, 12 Keys to a Happy and Healthy Life, which you probably will remember if you saw the previous show, I've been raving about it because I've been listening to it and I love it because it's super empowering. It's full of spiritual and practical keys to live the way that Jesus intended for all of us, which is in optimum health and vitality to fulfill our callings in life. And my special guest today is passionate to see all of us live that way. It is my joy and my honour to welcome back into the conversation with me, Dr. Pete Sulak. Dr. Pete, welcome. It is my honour. Honestly, so many people have reached out and said, I cannot believe you know Liz, right? And I'm so honoured to be with you today, just to be able to empower your listeners in what God's doing and what he wants to do in, in, in and through their lives. Yeah. Amen. Oh my God. That really, really blesses me and encourages me. Okay. Starting off, I wanted to just ask you to share a little bit more, Dr. Pete, of your background, like your why you do what you do and where it started. Beginning with the encounter that I began to hear you talking about and I was gripped and thought, oh my gosh, I have to ask you more about that. Where was it 2003, 2004, you had an encounter with Jesus where you walked and talked with him for four hours. Can we can we go there? Yeah. You know, I am a chiropractor by trade. I've been in practice now for over 20 years and love what I get to do on a day-to-day basis and empowering people really to just live their best life like you talk about. In 2004, though, about two years into practice, one of my patients invited me to Arusha, Tanzania. There was an evangelist that was going to be there. And so I decided to go, and there was 10 of us from Knoxville. And one night after the crusade, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. There's 20,000 some people, which is a large, a very large crowd at the time for myself. And we just saw so many people give their lives to Christ, but we just saw things that I've never experienced before that are they talk about in the book of Acts and just demons manifesting and being people being set free and miracles taking place. And that night we went back to the room and there was 10 of us in a room and it was one of our just colleagues said, what would happen if we all prayed in the spirit for 10 minutes and just zap somebody? It doesn't seem very religious. It's, you know, it doesn't seem uh, just, it was very odd. And instantly I said, do it to me. And before you know it, I was with the Lord and there's 10 of us in the room and for four hours from 10 o'clock to two in the morning, everyone describes like the, the air was sucked out of the room and I was with Jesus. And for four hours, I walked and talked with him. It's like the Apostle Paul says, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Um, but I was to and from, and I began to encounter the living God. And the Lord began to show me in that moment, just 
what he wanted to do with my life. And in the midst of it, he said, son, I'm going to give you a hundred million souls in person and a billion through the media. I talk about it in my book called The Joseph Blessing with Jordan Rubin. And the chapter four, I kind of lay out this whole encounter with Jesus. But in the midst of it, he said, this is what I'm going to do with your life. And I, I honestly, I pushed back. I said, Lord, I think you got the wrong guy. Like I'm a chiropractor from Knoxville, Tennessee. And then he began to say, he said, no, you didn't choose this, but I chose you and appointed you to bear this fruit. I think so often we assume that God's looking for the qualified, but he's not. He equips the people that he's called. And uh, I pray if God can do it in my life, he can do it in all of our lives and that you can be encouraged that I tell people all the time, it's not because of me, it's in spite of me, it's only the goodness of God. Long story short, I was 28 at the time. He said, 20, the year of 29 will be a year of intimacy and preparation. And it was a year that I went on a fast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday the entire year. I went on multiple longer fasts, but it wasn't out of, I'd done fasting before, but it seemed almost legalistic, almost like I was doing God a favor. It was almost the earning and deserving mentality rather than the believing and receiving. And in this season, the Lord said, son, I just want you to become sensitive to my voice. And I want you to know me intimately. And then when you turn 30, I'll release you to the nations. And from the time I turned 30, we had our first crusade. And so I, I saw patients, but on my time off, we would go around the world. And I've been around the world 25 sometimes. I have a heritage, which all began to make sense. I grew up and I had Indian curry for our holidays because my grandmother was born in Nagaland, India. Her parents, my great-grandparents, brought the Bible to the headhunters of Nagaland, India from 1912 to 1947. In Nagaland is considered by many historians to be the most vicious place on all the earth. They're all headhunters and cannibals. And my great-grandparents, right after they got married in nine, probably 1910, 1911, began the trek over to Nagaland. It took them four months, that initial trip. And my great-grandfather was a linguistic specialist, and he began to translate the tribal languages into one and translate the Bible for them. And now if you look at even Wikipedia, Nagaland is the only Christian state of India. Of 2 million people, 1.8 million profess Christ, and they consider my great-grandfather the founder of what many consider the greatest revival ever to hit the earth. What's interesting about that is that that people groups prayed every day since 1912, now over 100 years, for the descendants of Joseph Tanquis, my great-grandfather, to be used to win India and the world to Christ. And um, it's one of those things that we didn't choose this, he chooses us, and it's the fervent prayers of the righteous that availeth much. I've been around the world 25 times, and then when COVID hit, everything changed. And um, I remember it was when the movie theater shut down. It's when all my international travel shut down. And I remember going, Lord, what are we going to do? And so I brought my wife and four boys together. And we got together and we said, Lord, what are we going to believe you for in this season? And I remember the Lord whispering in my spirit. He said, son, ask me for 100,000 souls. In the season that I said, Lord, no offense, but all my international travel just got canceled. The movies, theaters just got shut down. And I do movie premieres where I fill up movie theaters and invite all my patients so that none of my patients go to hell. I just want them to know just their worth and value and significance in Christ. And anyway, the next day, my crusade director called from the Middle East and said, you can't come here, obviously, but they don't care what we do in the villages. And I begin to do village crusades where I have teams and we have a uh, staff of 80 around the world. And I right from here, like I'm talking to you right now, I go live into villages around the world. And just this last week, we did our 405th 
crusade, virtual crusade since COVID began. Just this year alone, we've now seen, I think I just wrote down, 92,000 people give their lives to Christ in the villages this year. Last year, we saw 476,000 come to Christ. I talk about just the vision I had um, in the Joseph blessing. And I share that because it's like Abraham, hey, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he says, hey, have you seen my wife? And he brings him out and he begins to give him vision for what he's going to do. And I believe there's so many people watching today and God has impregnated you with vision, destiny. And those who delight themselves in the Lord, the Bible says, he will give us the desires. That means from our father, the father, our heavenly father will impregnate us with vision and destiny to bring forth through our lives. But so often that because of the circumstances of life goes dormant. And so if you're watching today and you know you've been pregnant with the vision and the destiny of God, let me tell you this. I call those things forth in the name of Jesus Christ. And God's doing a new thing. And the Habakkuk says, write it down, make it plain. And though it might tarry, it will come to pass. And for some of you, I'm going to encourage you, write the vision again. Write it and make it plain and watch what God does. And if my life is any type of a testimony, it's the faithfulness of God in spite of an individual. But he has called us in each and every one of us to do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. Oh, my gosh, that's just powerful. So that's what you do in your time off. <laughs> so that's what I do. And I actually do it right here. And so I've gotten very comfortable sitting in this. I have one at my office. So last year or last week, for instance, we did nine crusades around the world between patients. Um, wow. I think 4,500 people come to Christ in our villages. And then we're on TV on, in two major networks in the Middle East and Asia. And we just found out last week we had our largest audience, 13.4 million households tuned in live to hear the gospel. And uh, we don't even, oh even track that because, but God is doing amazing things around the world. And he's just raising up a remnant um, who doesn't want to take credit for anything, who simply says, Lord, I am the clay, you are the potter. And the clay doesn't have the right to tell the potter how to use us, Lord, but just use me for your glory and be magnified in my wholeness. And that's the prayer for my, myself and my family. And I know that's what God, how God's using you right now and all the wonderful people that watch you on a regular basis and truly do love you. Oh, it's just, it's amazing listening to you. It's so inspirational. And of course now, Jesus has raised you up as one you are you are known as one of the authorities in America, one of the leading authorities in America with regards to stress and anxiety and wellness. You know, you you have touched the lives I know of hundreds of thousands of people so that we can all run in the fullness of our destiny in God in in a in being well, being well, full of full of energy and vitality and not living stressed out, wrung out and sick. So can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Because I know um, last time we were talking and you guys loved the conversation, like I said, and it was particularly helpful for many people, the subject of stress and anxiety, what that actually is, what it's doing to us physiologically. I'd love to ask you that question and then and then we'll move into, so what do we do about it? You know, we were obviously created by Jesus to live from a place of rest, profound, deep, complete rest, to live in well-being, to shine, to run, and to finish the race well, living the destiny that we were predestined to carry out, right? So, just coming back to the question, can you talk to us? There's a lot of misconception about what stress and anxiety is. Can you talk to us 
about what anxiety actually is? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, first of all, is to realize that we are not alone. And if you're watching and you've been dealing with anxiety, depression, um, just the stressors of life have seemed to overwhelm you. I'm reminded of the scripture that says, hey, don't consider it strange, the fiery trial you're going through, like you're the only one. It's encouraging to know that we're not the only one going through this, but it's also important to know and come from the right perspective. The gospel in many circles has been preached that Jesus is just my, almost like my life insurance policy to heaven. And now I'm gonna buy my time to get there one day but the gospel is the good news of Jesus. That's the power of a transformed life. But Jesus isn't there to remove me from the fire. He's the Lord over the fire. If he was there to remove me from the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't have had it gone through it. But Jesus shows up in the midst of it. They come out of it, and they're not even they're not even burned. They're not even there's no no residue of the fact that they went through the fire. As a child of the living God, as sons and daughters of God, I want to encourage you that the fire is going to come. You say, well, that's not encouraging to me. Know this, the fire comes because it solidifies us in who we are, whose we are, and who our God is. But in the midst of it, we are more than conquerors and overcomers. So the secret is not avoiding bad things. The secret is not avoiding stressful situations. The real secret in walking out this life successfully is being resilient in the face of those things. And our body was fearfully and wonderfully made. It was created to work. Like you said, and we've said in the past, a body at rest wins every single time. There's a rest for the people of God, where his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And so if we're yoked by this light, we're burdened by this light, life, the secret is not just going and sheltering in place. It's not going in quarantine. The secret is, how do we create principles and apply principles to our life to create resilience to the demands and stressors of life? Here's the thing. Stress is inevitable. In fact, a research says we have more stress in one month today than a generation ago previous to ours had in their entire lifetime, just one generation ago. So stress is inevitable. But that means we have to be proactive. We have to literally take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and go after this thing. But anxiety, stress, depression, panic disorders, PTSD, it's the midst of a world that seems to be spinning out of control. And when the demands of life affect us and we lose the ability to adapt and more importantly, recover from them, that's where the body becomes vulnerable. So health is about resilience. And to reiterate, it's my body's ability to go from a place of balance, homeostasis, rest in the body, adapt to whatever life brings my way, and then recover. So as long as I'm able to deal with life and then recover from life, my body maintains that resilience. But it does that neurologically, chemically, and emotionally. So it's imperative that those pathways are adapting, but more importantly, recovering. And that's really what we focus on. You know, when it comes to my passion for health and our Redeem line of health um, clinics and everything else, it's all about infiltrating culture to meet a need to earn a right to share Christ and fund the gospel or empowering a generation to just finish the race well. But anxiety. Yeah stress is inevitable. We just have to create resilience to it. That's so brilliant. That's so brilliant. I mean, that was what blew me away when I was reading your book. It was like your your whole perspective is different. It's literally understanding that as, as you bring the body back into homeostasis, and to, as you teach and equip people to be resilient, then you're providing the keys to release people out from the 
the warfare of stress, to use that kind of languaging that resists our life and, and tries to block us from being able to fulfill our destiny. Okay, so practical question, how do we move from stress into rest? Yeah, that's a great, great. So let's break it down three ways for your listeners. So there's three pathways. There's a neurological pathway in the body, and that pathway facilitates physical stress. So what stress? Stress is anything that takes me away from homeostasis and balance. So physical stressors are car accidents, falls, whiplash injuries, or sitting at a desk all day. So there's two principles of stress. One, it's either too much of something, too much of a bad thing, or too little of a good thing. So when it comes to physical stressors, it's too much movement, car accidents, falls, whiplash injuries, or too little movement, a sedentary lifestyle. All of those things activate a stress response. So the way we get that neurological stress pathway back to homeostasis is proper movement, okay? And so there's things that I talk about in a, a online course I created called Be Resilient. It follows our book. You can get it at redeemhealthprotocols.com. But we in that course, we talk about things to stimulate the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is what's called the crani a cranial nerve 10 that actually goes from your brain, innervates your heart, and innervates your gut. And that's what actually triggers the stress response. And so like if I'm watching TV and I'm watching bad things or things that are scary things, it actually stimulates that and it creates anxiety. If I'm, the vagus nerve also controls my heart. So if I don't have love and connection in my life, if I don't know my worth and value as a son or a daughter of God, if I'm finding my identity and what people think, it actually stimulates that vagus nerve and creates anxiety. Also, it affects your gut and affects your digestive system. And so the neurological stress pathway, we help it back to homeostasis through movement, through vagal stimulation, which I talk about. And you can even Google vagal stimulation. It's the vagus nerve to help the body get back to homeostasis. The chemical stress pathway facilitates the chemical stressors of life, the food we eat, air we breathe, the things that we're exposed to, whether we know it or not. But we regulate that pathway and help it get back to homeostasis if it gets stuck through what are called adaptogenic herbs. Adaptogens, like we said in your last part, are nothing new. They've been around for thousands of years, but they're the only chemistry proven to affect the chemical stress pathway. The chemical stress pathway, for instance, is what creates the stress hormone cortisol. Psychology today will say cortisol is public enemy number one. If you want to get fat, old, tired, or sick, well, let cortisol go crazy. But we need cortisol. Every one of us needs cortisol. We need it to wake up in the morning. We need it as a protective mechanism throughout the day and for energy. But we don't want that pathway to get stuck. If it does, I saw a study recently that's from the National Institutes of Health that said the top 100 diseases someone can deal with have one commonality. The body got stuck chemically in a stress response. Well, what one of the easiest ways to help restore and balance the chemical stress pathway and get it back to rest are adaptogenic herbs. Personally, I like ashwagandha. I like lion's mane. Just adaptogenic herbs that help restore homeostasis chemically. And then the third pathway is the emotional pathway. It all facilitates thought process. So negative thoughts activate a stress response. Positive thoughts restore homeostasis. Simply put, when we lose hope, it activates a stress response emotionally that leads to the anxieties and the depressions and everything else. But if we can gain our hope back, it restores homeostasis. The scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. A desire fulfills the tree of life, proven physiologically in the body. 
So we restore that through compassion, connection, surround yourself with people that love you, and uh, just simple things that we can do to help restore rest. So we restore the neurological stress pathway through movement and vagal stimulation. We restore the chemical stress pathway through adaptogenic herbs. I like ashwagandha, lion's mane. And then we restore the emotional stress pathway through hope, through connection, through knowing your worth and value as a son or a daughter. Oh my gosh, that's just brilliant. I hope you guys are taking notes, but if you weren't, you can listen back or join the e-course, right? What was the website that you said where people could get hold of your e-course? redeemhealthprotocols.com. And it's our Be Resilient courses on a 12-week journey where I actually walk with you step-by-step and empower you to truly live your best life. And I show you how to eat. I show you how to go grocery shopping. I show you how to help bring the body back to homeostasis and truly allow you to run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. So in as part of that, do you take people through... Um... That like helping them to restore their thinking, to bring them up. Because I just thought that was profound what you said. Basically, if, as we understand our true identity in Jesus, as we begin to line our thoughts up with his thoughts, with his perspective of reality, it changes us physiologically. Yeah. Right. And it that's something we can. Does. Wow, that's something that we can all do. It's just, I love it because you can explain to us actually physiologically what is going on inside the body when we do life God's way, according to our original design and blueprint. And and I'll tell you this, remember how the Apostle Paul says, I know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. Yeah. He lives every day through the lens of the gospel. But I think if we're not careful, we think the gospel is a prayer I prayed back then. And then, you know, now tell me about something else. But the gospel is this. Like around the world, I use this red cross to show a person's worth and value that Jesus Christ came and exposed our worth and value. Jesus didn't die on the cross to expose that we were pathetic or that we're, he died on the cross to expose the fact that we were worth it. How much are we worth it? We were worth dying for in the eyes of God. So every time I see my life through the cross, I never have to question the love of God for me. How loved am I? 2,000 years ago, the living God was willing to die in my place. I never had to question my worth and value and significance because the price tag on my life was the living God thought I was so valuable and never changed his mind about me. He was willing to die to unlock the destiny for my life. And so just to live our lives through the lens of the gospel, knowing who we are, whose we are, and who our God is, is one of the greatest ways to come back to rest. There's a rest for the people of God. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that. And like Jesus said, you know, that he come and rest with me a while and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, all who are weary and heavy laden come to me and I will give you rest. It's clearly his intention and design for us to live in rest, isn't it? And to know how to do that intentionally is life-changing. And I just, I love it. I love it because it's so compelling when you hear from you when you're talking about the physiology and the biochemistry and just the wisdom of what's going on live like this live according to his ways his wisdom and ways and you will begin to come into homeostasis right come into rest come into peace and everything will change and heal so do you have you found over the years by working with so many patients that the root of sickness most sickness and disease is stress and anxiety would you say Stress is actually the underlying culprit in all disease. It's wow. the physical stress, wow. the chemical stress, the emotional stress. And we live in 
with epidemic proportions when it comes to stress, more stress than ever before. Yeah. But courage, the secret's not avoiding those things, the secret's being resilient in the face of those things. It's like you, we know those individuals that one individual can just handle life very, very effectively and one cannot. You know, many people have assumed, and I did as well, that one of the misconceptions, if you eat clean and exercise, you're going to be healthy. And I'm a big advocate of those things. I talk about that in our course, Be Resilient. Mm. But the reality is I know a lot of individuals that eat clean and exercise and have cancer. And I know a bunch of individuals that don't do anything you're supposed to, and I think they're going to live forever. So the secret's not one a clean and one did not the secret is one was able to get back to homeostasis one was able to deal with whatever they were dealing with and recover from it that's the secret some people go on the front line and they're fighting for our country on the uh, countries on the front line and they just deal with it and they recover from it and then there's individuals that the, the smallest little thing just sends you in a wayward spiral i want you to know this first things first Know that you are loved by the living God. Your life matters. You are significant in the eyes of God, and you are his vessel. And the only pressure there is today is simply to surrender and say, Lord, here I am. Use me for your glory. Give me the grace to shine bright in the midst of a world that desperately needs it. But then we can incorporate this these healthy principles and habits to simply make sure our body is always adapting to life, but more importantly, recovering. The secret is not the body's ability to adapt. It's always the body's ability to recover. And that's what we really focus on. Make sure the body's getting back to rest. And then we offer our lives great grace. A body at rest is great grace. So if your life isn't perfect, it's okay because your body's getting back to rest. But if your body's not getting back to rest, it's like it removes the grace from our lives and then everything has to be perfect. And if it's not, it will wear us out. But as long as we're getting the body back to rest, there's great grace. So even if everything's not okay, you will still be okay. Oh my gosh, it just releases so much hope, right? To all of us, no matter what people are going through, what how how sick anybody might be, if they learn how to be resilient, like you're yeah. saying, create that resilience within them, meaning the consequence of that is that they come back into balance, back into homeostasis and start to heal, they can recover right? Yep. Everybody can recover their health. It's such a profoundly different mindset to the conventional thinking, isn't it? It's just incredible. And to start like a first step would be start to sort your thinking out, right? Change your biochemistry through your thinking. Absolutely. Just hope deferred makes a heart sick, a desire fulfills a tree of life. I, I think it's in Romans 15, 13, somewhere in there, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, that you would be one's that overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit it says, may the God of hope, may the God of this confident expectation of the goodness of God manifest in your life, fill you with joy and peace so that you would be one that lives with this confident expectation of the goodness of God operating so that others can come and experience that joy in peace as well. So many things we deal with on a regular basis when it comes to sickness and disease, mental health, when it comes to digestive issues and immune issues are simply the body got stuck in a stress response that caused all essential activities for survival to increase and non-essential activities to decrease. Well, all of those things and the diseases we deal with and the conditions we deal with are simply a stress response. But if we can get the body out of a stress response, the body will beautifully, because it's fearfully and wonderfully made, heal itself, I believe, of anything. Wow. So as we learn how to become spiritually powerful, right? We, we learn the truth of whose we are and who we are, like you said, 
then we literally begin to release healing and we start to, you know, we start to come forth in yeah. fullness and own fresh energy. You know, one of the things I'll just finish with this, one of the things Jesus has spoken to me a lot over the last few years, he's shown me that we're in the time where we are literally coming forth as a generation. This is his invitation to us of shining ones, where things like sickness and degeneration will be a thing of the past and we will be radiant. We will be shining. We will be confident, walking aligned on the inside, body, soul, and spirit with the truth that we realize who we are. And like you said, how incredibly loved we are. And we begin to shine from that core internal position of security of heart. You know, the truth sets us free doesn't it the truth sets us free oh my gosh i could talk to you for literally days i love it oh and you're one of the you're one of the solutions are you're you're one of the keys you carry the wisdom and the experience that unlocks us into being able to be a generation of shining ones that are no longer limping around sick knowing how to spiritually emotionally and physically regulate ourselves steward ourselves right this part of governance because we're secure. We're living in the truth. We're no longer in deception. So thank you for all that you do. We so need your voice in this hour. It is the greatest honor to be with you guys. Oh, it's so good to have you with us. And guys, thank you. I'm sure you'll be very empowered by that. And please do jump on to, to Dr. Beat's website. If you need a help, you know, you need help, you need a blueprint for how to get your life and where it is into the way that God in, intends for you, then yeah, just jump onto the website. All the links will be below the show. Thank you for giving us your precious time too. And we look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. Two years ago, Jesus spoke to me and he said, if I would create a space for him, he would come. And what he has done in the last two years is absolutely incredible. He birthed what is now known as the International Mentoring Community. Every week, myself, along with other international guest speakers, come on live and they pour in God's love and revelation. There is an activation anointing on my life. And so every single week, as we come together at the feet of Jesus, I have an environment in which I can impart this anointing onto you. He never ever misses a week with us. He wants to take you into deeper experiences with him than you thought was even possible. So I want to personally invite you now to come and join us and sit at his feet with us.